Good morning, and I want to thank everybody for tuning in this morning. Uh, this is John Murtho at uh, WNZN Radio, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio. Uh, very happy you tuned in, and uh, it's a beautiful autumn day, David, here. Yes, it is. Beautiful. And so I'm here actually uh, taping uh, today with my good friend and assistant, David Abood, and we have a special guest uh, today, uh, David Kapler, who we're going to introduce to you in a second. But, David, we've been doing several shows in the last couple of weeks on typology yes. in the Old Testament uh-huh. with David. We looked at Moses, the importance, how that links into the New Testament, and actually shines light on the person of Jesus is how he fulfills these characters, these people that actually lived mm-hmm. in the Old Testament. And we also promised uh, last week that we're going to have some special guests coming on the yes. show we got a pretty good lineup coming. We and sure I'm very do. happy today. Including David today. <laughs> yeah. That David Kapler could be with us. Right. He's from Tyler, Texas, and he's going to uh, tell us a lot more about himself. But he's with an organization that he's going to describe, a Youth with a Mission. This is an international, interdenominational mission organization spread all around the world. And for the years that I spent in Southeast Asia, in Thailand, we had interaction mm-hmm. with Youth with a Mission and many yeah. of their... Uh, particularly training, uh, they would come into Thailand or Bangkok specifically, and they would uh, we would translate for some of their teams oh, that terrific. would be in uh, in their discipleship program. Wow! So David, good to have you with us. Uh, welcome from Texas, uh, Bob. And then uh, just give us a little background, David, and just tell us a little about yourself, and then we're going to start getting into about YWAM, sure, about some of their overseas ministries, and perhaps we'll even have a guest or two calling in. Well, John, David, thank you so much mm-hmm. for having me sure. on uh, this yeah. morning. I appreciate very much this uh, in- incredible opportunity here. Uh, I'm originally from uh, Berea, Ohio. I grew oh. up in Berea. Uh, so I graduated from Berea High School in 1986, and I went to college at the University of Toledo in Ohio. However, after uh, a number of years, I did not have a degree. I ran out of money, so I moved back home. And the idea was to uh, get a job, save up money to go back to college. But stuff like car breakdown, so use money to fix cars instead of going back to college. So this went on for about 8 to 12 months. And my friend Dave, who I met in college with uh, Air Varsity Christian Fellowship, who was disciple me at the time, he came across a gentleman by the name of uh, Mark Ludy. Uh, with another ministry in Colorado Springs called Summit Ministries. And so, uh, and Dave shared with Mark where I was going in my life. I just running as far as I can, but going nowhere. And Mark suggested today that I come all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, to a place called Tyler, Texas. <laughs> and I did that in January 1993, and now I'm serving my 25th year on staff with wow. Youth of the Mission, mm, crazy Tyler, guy. Texas. Wow. Yes. So Tyler, Texas, David, as I understand it, is one of the headquarters or the training centers mm. with Youth with a Mission? It is. Youth with a Mission Tyler is the largest training center of Youth with a Mission in continental North America. Okay. Uh, we've got three campuses. We've got over 200 staff, 63 different, different departments, and we've launched over 200 ministries from that location alone. Uh, YWAM International is estimated has at least 2,000 operating missions operating locations in 191 countries. However, we are active in all nations of the world, but probably those ones are most closed and more uh, 
temporary basis. So, so YWAM is in 191 countries. Yes. Mm-hmm. And what do you think the total missionary of personnel, both short-term and long-term, might be? Just estimate. I know with the uh, long-term, uh, we're over 30,000. 30,000? Over 30,000, yeah. However, vision has been brought forth that uh, one day Youth of the Mission will have uh, 200,000 staff one day. That's their goal. Wow. Let's back up just a little bit, David. Tell us about your own life. Uh, How did you come to Christ? How did you catch kind of a vision for missions? Because most people don't, uh, particularly overseas or international. Uh, So just back us up a little bit. Sure. Then bring forward, and I know you have a special couple special guests calling in a little bit later in the show. Yeah. But uh, fill us in on that, and then let's let's take it from there. And I'm really curious that, especially that you give out information concerning why, because there might be some people out there listening mm-hmm. today who might think, "Wow, this this kind of interests me," and I'd maybe like to serve the Lord in another country or be part of a home staff that trains and sends people mm-hmm. to these 191 countries around mm-hmm. the world. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I grew up in a Christian home and uh, went to church, and uh, I came to the same knowledge of Jesus Christ when I was, I think, fourth or sixth grade, but uh, is to please my mom so I don't, wouldn't spend eternity not with God, put, I put it to you that way. And so, however, uh, my understanding has, has grown tremendously since then. Uh, all our radio, all of our radios in our, when growing up, we were, only had Christian radio stations, and so that's what we listened to for me growing up. And so we listened to all these Christian programs and stuff like that. And then, of course, I went to college, and we got involved in uh, University Christian Fellowship there, and it's just been a gradual process of learning and understanding what God's desire and expectation is. Mm-hmm. Uh, my understanding, you know, like. 10, 20 years ago is very different now than it is today. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's a journey. Uh, it's a relationship. It's not a religion. And uh, God's very personal. Yeah. And so you've seen a lot of prayers, I'm sure, over the years. Yes. Um, a lot of uh, incredible things have happened, uh, I know, with in the ministry, I know, with, within my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I get to give an example. I had a, I had a stroke in June of 2010. Mm. I was 42 years old. It was a very rare type of stroke. Um, uh, dormant blood vessels since birth decided to open up and function. Well, then I had a stroke, but it was very mild. And so we had a nurse on campus. She came to my dorm and checked me out. I smiled. I smiled perfectly because that's one of the tests you like when you yeah, smile. Right. And so... Um, they took me to the hospital. Said, yeah, at the age of 42, you had a stroke. So I had no health insurance, nothing. And so the medical bills was at least around $180,000. And so I applied for financial aid. The hospital there gave me 90% financial aid. And I took this letter to other medical facilities, and they matched it. So someplace I had to pay for full, full price. But then they put me on a payment program. Uh, then about mm, maybe 12 months later, they said, if you pay half what you owe, owe we'll forgive the other, what's left. So debt-free. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just faith, faith, faithfulness of God. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> faithful in, in finances and ministry and just stepping out. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So when you joined YWAM, 
what kind of training did you have to go through? I mean, you, what's the application process like? Mm-hmm. What's the training? Yeah, the training, what we have is called the Sopto Training School. Mm-hmm. That's, that's uh, three months classroom, two months outreach, and the focus is on your relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, we have a lady on campus there. Her name is Candace. Her and her husband are from Illinois, and they came down several years ago. They're retirees. They did went through a training, and this is Candace's word. She said, "I learned more about God going through three months of that Sopto training school as opposed to going to church for 30 years." Oh. That's her words. That's her words. And so, uh, you focus on nature care to God, Father heart of God, uh, intercessory prayer, uh, just to. Just to name a few that are off the top of my head. Yeah, right. And then I know two months, well, let me see. How many months are spent overseas? Don't you do the outreach program as part of your training? Yes, it's uh, two months outreach, and the outreaches uh, do, do vary. They're usually as a stateside element, and then you do a, a foreign outreach. Okay. Yeah. That's where we would meet teams coming into Bangkok. Yes. And we lived right by a university, mm-hmm. so they would come and... They would do skits. They would do mm-hmm. all kinds of outreach, but very focused uh, young people. These were, these were <clears throat> young. I mean, yeah. 21 to 30, I'm going to say. Right. Mm-hmm. But uh, so I've always had a high regard for YWAM. One thing that impressed me is some of their um, ministries. It's not always traditional. Hmm. Like they do a real creative uh, a drama, and they have a film where they make documentary films uh, up in like Chiang Mai, Thailand, hmm. or Nepal, I think they've said some. So they're really kind of cutting edge yeah. on something, you know, as well as the traditional yeah. evangelism and church planning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you know, the interesting thing before we get started into kind of your your vision, you know, the mission statements and whatnot, is the background story on the founder, Lauren Cunningham. It really grabbed my attention. This was in 1956. I'm, can I just read you this? And then, I mean, it, it's it's wonderful for me because th- this truly is where you see the supernatural, right, coming into our lives. Uh, I lay down on the bed, he recalled. This is Lauren Cunningham. Doubled the pillow under my head and opened my Bible, routinely asking God to speak into my mind. What happened next was far from routine. Suddenly I was looking up at a map of the world. Only the map was alive, moving. I sat up. I shook my head. Rub my eyes. It was a mental movie. I could see all the continents. Waves were crashing onto the shores. Each went onto a continent, then receded, then came up further until it covered the continent completely. I caught my breath. Then as I watched the scene changed, the waves became young people, kids my age and even younger, covering the continents. Lauren was 20 at this time. They were talking to people on the street corners and outside bars. They were going house to house. They were preaching. Was that really you, Lord? I wondered, still staring at the wall, amazed. Young people, kids, really, going out as missionaries. What an idea. Hmm. And I thought, why did God give me that vision? And now here we are today. Yeah, yeah. That was the start. Where did they they actually start? What what location? It started in Lausanne, Switzerland. That's the first. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's... that's Now, does... Youth with a Mission still have a ship? Didn't they have a ship? Uh, Mercy ships, yeah. yes. Yeah. Uh, Mercy ships, they still exist, existence, thankfully. Still. Uh, they're no longer part of Youth with a Mission at, time, okay. at this time. However, what they're doing in Kona, Hawaii, which is like the, the big YOM base in the world there, 
they are developing a fleet of ships. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. Uh, you're familiar with Twyla Paris, the singer, sure, okay? Where well, her uncle is Leland Paris. Leland Paris is our base director, okay? Okay. So, and mm-hmm. through Leland, uh, genealogy through his mother's side of the family leland's the 11th generation of someone's been involved in ministry in missions okay 11th generation and so and leland's cousin is lauren cunningham the his is the founder of ywam and so we get the opportunity of hearing lauren two or three times a year coming to our ministry and one time he shared about how in Indonesia, there's like, I think it's like 17,000 islands in Indonesia and 6,000 of these islands inhabited. So it's like, we got to build these ships and go evangelize yeah. these islands. And so, yeah. yeah isn't it remarkable? Yes, that, it but, is. but Kona, yeah. Hawaii yeah. is the big base. That's what yes. the university. Yeah, the University of the Nations, uh, it's a university, has seven colleges. It's uh, based on the seven mountains, seven mind molders, or seven spheres of influence. Uh, the idea is uh, arts, entertainment, media, church, mm-hmm. family, government, economics, and education. So explain that, because the listeners may yeah. not know that, David. Sure. These are these are like strongholds or, or, or mountains of influence. These are, yeah. In all cultures. In all cultures, yeah. Uh, the story goes back in the seventies. Uh, Lauren Cunningham and Bill Wright of Campus Crusade for Christ. They're mm-hmm. good friends. God downloaded to both men at the same time the seven spheres of influences. And the idea is whatever profession you choose to get involved in will fall into one of these seven. And Youth of the Mission has University of Nations, and the university has colleges, of course, and it has seven colleges. And so the idea of Youth of the Mission, uh, uh, we want to train and disciple people mm-hmm. and thrust them into all seven areas of the marketplace. Yeah, okay. And so that, that's where you're... All your training centers do that, but particularly Kona, Hawaii, specifically. Each training center is autonomous, and they develop their own training. Uh, and so we may have something different there in Tyler as and as opposed to Kona, but there to be some places they may have offer some training that Kona does not offer. Okay, great. And again, we have 2,000 operating locations yeah. around the world. So somebody's listening this, this morning, and... They're interested in youth with a mission. Could they be a part of it? Mm-hmm. Where mm-hmm. might they live? Can, uh, what's the application process? And how do you explain support or finance? Just go through kind of mm-hmm. a, okay. give us an overall view. Sure, sure. And again, this is uh, WNZN uh, coming to you from Lorain, Ohio this morning. That's 89.1 Power Radio. And we're really happy that you tuned in because we have a special guest today. This is David Kapler with Youth with a Mission. This is an international, uh, extremely influential outreach for the kingdom of God in 191 countries around the world. Think of that, 191 countries around the world. And growing uh, with training. And I like personally, as I said earlier, I met and and we hosted teams from YWAM that would come to Bangkok, Thailand, and particularly do university outreach. So I I know of this mission and I I really give it high high credibility. So David, please uh, explain that process. If somebody's listening right now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they say, I'm interested in getting more information. What's the application process like? Sure. How long the training? What about financial support, yeah. etc.? Yeah. Okay. You want to go online to Y-W-A-M Tyler, T-Y-L-E-R dot org. 
ywamtyler.org. That's where you start the process. And uh, what's usually needed in the process is that we need three references. And of course, one will have to be from the pastor. And then of course, uh, need uh, finances, of course, for the Disciple Training School, uh, which is for three months. It's uh, uh, about $3,700. Okay, about $3,700. That's three months. That covers everything. Okay. Uh, then, of course, outreach, that's a different thing. You have to raise, of course, the finances for that. Uh, but that stuff can be tax deductible. Money raised for tuition, that cannot be tax deductible. So, But then after you do a disruptive training school, you come back to do school evangelism, which is like a, as your disruptive training school is focused on your relationship with Jesus Christ, uh, school evangelism is more focused more outward. Mm -hmm. Evangelism, worldview. Right. Uh, after that, you have the opportunity to join staff with Youth on the Mission. And we all raise our own support. We're technically listed as volunteers. So anyone from Laura Cunningham to someone who's going to do a short-term outreach, we all have to raise our own support. Sure, sure. Because uh, the idea is, like we talk about, the kingdom of God is based on relationships. And so we want to keep that relationship between the individual and, and the supporter that's out there at, out at home uh, supporting us financially and prayerfully. Mm -hmm. uh, we want to keep that very close connection there. Uh, and so uh, that's how you join. So, for example, mm -hmm. if, if you had a single person mm -hmm. for one month, let's say they had no problem getting the money up to do the training, mm -hmm. because that's, that's not expensive, to live somewhere for three months, mm -hmm. $3,700. But uh, if they go on staff, what would like for a single person a monthly uh, support base be? They need to have, have a commitment of $650 a monthly support. $650? Yes. Okay. And a couple would just times two? A couple, I believe it's up to $1,100, yes. And they would provide housing? Food. Uh, there is housing on campus as it is available. Okay. For singles, it's more easier. For families, that's more challenging. Uh, so there may be opportunities outside the campus. We've had we've had a number of families come uh, join us, and they recognize that this is where God's called them. So then, but they we don't have housing on the campus right away, so we uh, they get housing outside of campus. How many are living in Tyler at your headquarters on, on staff? You know how many? Are uh, I would say maybe fifty. Fifty. Okay, similar to our mission organization. Okay, David, you had a couple more questions yeah, well, about you. Yeah, well, please. You know, um, when you said that this is not a religion, it's a relationship, mm -hmm. when you take mm -hmm. a look at the youth with a mission, the values, uh, you know, make God known, uh, champion young people, mm -hmm. be uh, international and interdenominational, value the individual, value families. Could you just talk about that uh, in terms of it's not a religion, you know, so people understand exactly? It looks to me like... You guys are totally embodying Christ himself. You know, the, the way your mission statement is mm -hmm. laid out, the fact that you're creating, you know, your focus is to create disciples and spread the word. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted you to touch a little bit on that if you could. Well, of course, it's based on relationship with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Now, how your relationship with Jesus Christ flows everything else. And so what we do with that is as we move out in ministry, it's like, okay, God, how should we proceed? Mm -hmm. And we get guys with some insight to to do types of ministry uh let's see here value families okay yeah i can talk about that one here we have sure. something called family sync it just brand new started in july the idea here is that we have 
22 adults, okay? Two single moms are part of this, so 22 adults, and over 40 kids, mm. all right? One family is has seven children, the other, another family has six. Uh, the ages are from one week to uh, 17 years, okay? And so the idea is that uh, they both have classes. They'll have class, the, the children will have class, but it'll be at their own pace. Mm -hmm. Of course, the parents will have class. However, on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday afternoon, they don't have class. What they do is they have time with their family to take and apply what they learned that week in class. You know, uh -huh. So like intercessory prayer, they have the whole family come together for intercessory prayer because uh, we, don't, we believe that within the ministry that God just doesn't call the husband and, and the wife. He calls the whole family into ministry. So okay, yeah. So you know, in, in terms of how how do you approach people? Well, let's say that I'm on the street mm -hmm. and uh, and I don't know. I mean, how do you guys come up with your strategy in terms of how you're going to go out once you get the training? You know, once you pray, you know, together. How do you how do you approach that? Well, we usually get a lot of times we seek God as a, as a strategy. Uh -huh. I could tell you about uh, some called Summer Service and Training, SSTs. Yeah. It's our Teen Mrs. Training Program. We've been doing this since 1974. Uh, we've been coming across uh, people who are in Colorado Springs or mm -hmm. Latin America, and they're talking to our leaders with uh, SSTs, and they're like, uh, so where are you from? Because they're at this missions conference mm -hmm. for all these mission organizations. Like, all right, we're from Tyler. All right. And the person would say, no way, really? Back in 1990, so-and-so at the age of 13, God wrecked my life, and here I am leading a ministry. Okay? And so with our SST, or Summer Service and Training, uh, it's like a mini discipleship training school, but it's crunched down to one-week classroom, one-week outreach, because the idea is take what you learn in classroom and apply it. Uh, I, I went through on one of these outreaches several years ago, and one of these activities or ministry they did was called uh, treasure hunting. Mm. And so the idea, they get together in, in their teams and they pray, and uh, uh, they one would get a, the picture of someone with a baseball cap, and then they get a picture of someone with a red shirt, and then they go, they go to a, a uh, uh, I'll say a very popular coffee uh, 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 place, and... Uh, meet people there mm -hmm. and in the process they'll say hey there's a guy with a baseball cap red shirt let's go and talk to them i know also that during this type of outreach they went to a park where a lot of homeless people are and they passed out water to these people and said mm -hmm. would you like prayer and so they pray for them and they say okay come to church on the bridge on wednesday morning mm -hmm. and so uh and i know also during that outreach they went and served at a salvation army soup kitchen serve the men there uh, for lunch, and in the afternoon they give their testimonies and did their dramas to ministry. I think it was 200 men at the time going through right? their program there in Salvation Army, yeah. So it really, wow. it really oh, yeah. does a lot of uh, different kind of outreaches, local and, and, and practical as well as evangelistic. Now I know you may be having some special guests calling in, David. Mm -hmm. So whenever they give a call in, we'll make time and we'll have to take a break and get them in, 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 in the process here. But so what do you see for yourself going forward? What is your role now and what, what do you sense? Yeah, well, my role within the Youth of the Mission, I, I currently, I serve in two departments right now. I serve in mobilization. Uh, we are out there to uh, promote Youth of the Mission. Mm -hmm. 
I specifically, I network with pastors. I've been doing this for five years already. I met with like 150 pastors of various different denominations oh, wow. these past five years. And so, um, in fact, I was uh, Youth of the Mission has a location in Akron, mm-hmm. Wyoming, Akron, with uh, Jennifer Patterson. I met with her last night, and mm-hmm. she asked me, how do you network pack with pastors? And so we sat down for about an hour. I talked to her what I shared with my wealth of knowledge, what I've learned for these past five years. Because uh, the thing with Youth of the Mission is a lot of us just stop. We may read a book, maybe, about it, but we just, just step out what we believe God's directing us to do. We just learn along the way. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So how are you received when you contact these pastors? It, it varies. Uh, it v- varies. Um like some, okay, yeah, it varies, yeah, yeah. So, um, and what are your goals with the pastor? I mean, are are you trying to come into their church? Mm-hmm. I mean, what what are your what are you targeting there? I mean, mm-hmm. what's the vision? Well, one, I think we want to educate these pastors about youth of the mission there okay. in East Texas. My my territory, if you will, is like a two hour radius there. Mm-hmm. Okay, and so, uh, one hundred and twenty mile maybe. About yes, yeah, okay, yes, about that, yeah. yeah. And so, because uh, here in East Texas, you have the largest YMM training center in Connell, North America. Right. And sometimes just down the road or an hour away. And we want to make ourselves available how we can serve their vision for missions and ministry and make us available as a resource. Because we want to come alongside them to help facilitate their vision for missions and ministry. I mean, I could tell you about, uh, there's this one gal the other department I'm working with is Strategic Frontiers. Strategic mm-hmm. Frontiers deals with 1040 window as well as uh, urban missions or satellite of YWAM mm-hmm. Tyler. We have places in Alamogordo, New Mexico, Chicago, Dallas, uh, Houston, New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And then we have some new places, Gold Coast, Florida, and uh, in New Hampshire that started up a few years ago. And so and I believe it through the Strategic Frontiers Department, we launched over 65 ministries out of that one department alone with these different countries around the world. Wow. And so um, I just lost my train of thought. I was That's to okay. Yeah. So, so where have you guys been the most successful in terms of you know your outreach? I mean, wh- where have you seen the most fertile ground in mm. terms of your approach and, and then the results of that? Yeah. It's it's vast. Okay. Because we're dealing with seven different spheres and influences. I could tell you about. I went to Kenya, on my we have school of Bible. It's a one year uh-huh. intense Bible training course. I went to Kenya. Right. We work with Wycliffe Bible Translators. Liquid Wycliffe is very good with linguistics. Right. And translation. Uh-huh. Wyoming is very good with discipleship, and so this was the second belt biblical education leadership training course that we had. And so uh, what they did was uh, they did, we did teaching courses in the morning and language courses. Uh-huh. We, were, we went to Kenya. We were with uh, the Sabaut people, which are on Mount Elgon, mm-hmm. right by the Ugandan border. Oh. And the thing is, is that a lot of these cultures and languages, they don't have a written language, okay? So they had to develop a written language. Uh, so I think the Sabaut language had like, 20, uh, like 21 consonants, like 14 different vowels, okay? Oh. Okay, that's just about. Yeah. And so, one teaching, I remember a team, 
that I was I was not on the team, but another team was on. They taught about the Father Heart of God, and the idea was that God's there; He's personal, like a caring, loving Father. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. And so, shared this teaching, and we heard that one of these pastors went home, picked up, and held his two-year-old daughter for the very first time. Oh my gosh! This is a pastor. Wow. Because in the Sabbath culture. And their mind, their thinking process is that God's there, but he's up on a mountain. No, he's distant. He's not personal. He's looking down, seeing what you're going to do. Uh, so stuff like that, it just changes. I remember one pastor, and I saw this in my eyes. This Before that teaching, this gentleman was rather quiet and, and, and stoic. And after this teaching, you see this fire come on his Wonderful. eyes. Yeah. And just the transformation like that. Uh uh, it's 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 just vast. I mean, I could I could talk about say Wedge and Shirley Altman, yeah, father, mother, YWAM in Latin America, back I believe it was in the early '80s. A guy named Jim Steyer, he started mm-hmm. YWAM Brazil. So they had enough money to go down to uh, uh, Colombia, and so Wedge and Shirley got their staff to tune together and made the need known, took up an offering, wow. and they got uh, $35, enough for uh, Jim to buy a blue blazer. At least he looked like a pastor, okay? Yeah. And so then Wedge said, okay, come on, guys. We need to really see God's provision here. So they prayed. They got together in small groups to check and see each other, see what God's speaking to them. And Wedge opens up his Bible, and his finger landed in this passage in the Old Testament. It said, go bring out the five kings. Mm. Wedge had these five $100 bills he was storing up. He was saving up for some purpose, and God spoke to him, and he was cut to the quick. He's like, okay, it's me. So he gave his $500, and Jim Steyer and his wife went to Brazil, started wiring Brazil, because Wedge Altman gave 500 bucks. There's dozens of Wyoming bases in Brazil oh, okay. and thousands of missionaries in Brazil alone. Wow, what a As a result. Wow. As a result, just wow. giving 500 bucks. How long ago wow. was that? Wow. I believe it was the late, excuse me, early 80s, yes. Boy. Oh, my gosh. So in your, in your experience, because you've been in many countries around yeah. the world over the years, mm-hmm. and where do you see God really moving in a surprising way that you can tell about? I know there's some, some areas that's more sensitive yeah. because yeah. there's persecution. Oh, yeah. And there's, there's areas that are very... Uh, how do you call it? Uh, you have to be yeah. extremely cautious. Yeah, how do you navigate through that? With The other, yeah, I mean, navigating through that, but also the language barriers. Do you guys have, you know, domiciled people in each country that we, you work with? or Well, we, I don't mean to go off the other topic with safety, but they're both good questions. Well, uh, kingdom of God is based on relationship. Uh-huh. You know, to know God, make him known. That's the theme of the youth of the mission. Sure. And so we work off relationships that we have in these countries. Again, we're in 191 countries. Mm-hmm. And so... Uh, we work with our local people in those countries because they know the territory. They know yeah, the people. Sure, sure. And they'll, they'll probably get translators. If they don't know the language themselves, they'll get, we'll get translators and they'll help us translate. Uh-huh. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, help translate. Uh, about closed countries, yeah. Um, yeah, we have to be very careful about what we, what we talk about and, and where we go. Uh, you, you can't be seen with the Bible. I mean, how, how bad is it when, when you, I mean, how do you navigate through that? You, you got to, you can't carry Bibles with you, I'm sure. Or, you know, those countries that are closed. You, you have to be very, very, very careful. Uh-huh. You have to be very, very careful. Because in some countries, uh, 
North Korea, if you're caught, caught with the Bible, you go to, to the camp for six months. And you were is, in North Korea. Well, you know about North Korea. I, I'm from there about North Korea. Familiar with what's happening. Because the thing is, we have lots of South Koreans who who come mm -hmm. to oh, our training facility. Oh, okay. Because the yeah. idea in South Korea, they're believing that one day it will come down. The North will open. Yeah, and the North will open up. And so we have a, a language school there. It's and uh, it's a it's three it's um, three months long. And so we have. So primarily South Koreans. We have some Brazilians and some people from other countries come to learn the English language. Because in our organization, Worldwide Evangelization for Christ, WEC, mm -hmm. um, some of our most dynamic missionaries are South Korean. Huh. They go to the most difficult places. Well, what, what do you think that's attributed to? Well, post-World War II, even before that, there was a tremendous move of God in South Korea. Okay. Okay? And... Um, I've, I've talked in a seminar in, in Chiang Mai, Thailand about this. I said, why is that? Because there's a slow growth in yeah, Thailand. There's yeah. similar cultures. Uh, Asia, Buddhist, kind of a background, agriculturally based. Mm -hmm. And the one Korean pastor, missionary, said it's because we wanted to change. We as a people, after the Korean War, wanted to change. And I think up to 28% of the population today is Christian. And they're very zealous, and they are very mission-minded. Mm -hmm. And so... They, I'm sure you may concur, David, from what you've seen. This is this is my experience, and they go to some very difficult, what we call unreached wow. people groups yeah. around the world. Yeah, I mean, it's wow. it's 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 true. Um, you know, we have some very incredible uh, South Koreans come there. Uh, at the same time, it's what we've been hearing is that over there, mm -hmm. uh, like here in America. Uh, young people profess the faith in Christ. They go to American college or Christian university. They have a seventy-five high percent chance of, of walking away from God. Yeah, right. In South Korea, though, it's ninety-five percent. Walk away. Yeah, South Korea. Because they want to get their son or daughter to get a good job, and somehow get a good job, get a degree. But somehow, when they go to that college or university, something helps them to change. Okay, that's very interesting. Yeah. Now, did you have somebody you wanted to introduce us to? Uh, I could I could call them in. We could keep on. David, I know you had some more questions about... Uh, you know, the Lord Cunningham, the founder of this, is an extremely interesting guy. And he's written numerous books, has he not? Oh, yes. But one thing YWAM has is a great resource. Mm -hmm. they, they put out really good books and things I've used for years. I have several over there. Is they put out a prayer diary, a calendar, mm -hmm. a notebook. And this is one of the best I've ever seen. Oh. I'm kind of putting a plug here for YWAM. But it, it goes... Uh, it's all kinds of information about countries. It shows you how to pray. It's an excellent calendar oh. uh, digest book. And uh, it's just remarkable. Why, why haven't you ever given me one of those? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I've no, collected so. these over the years. Oh, and wow. Now, uh -huh. You might want to mention contact information there, David, if anybody ever wants it. Yes. Yeah, there, there it is. And I've kind of kept them over the years. But they give you all this information... And uh, I highly recommend. Uh, would that be the same site that people go to if they want these resources? Uh, you would need to get in touch with uh, Youth of the, YWAM Publishing, Youth of the Mission Publishing. I believe they're state out of Seattle, Washington. Yes. Excellent. Excellent yeah. stuff. You know that's terrific. Um, you know, Dave, uh, in the kind of uh, the path that you've been on, you know, what an incredible story about how God has delivered you to be doing what you're doing now, mm -hmm. and where you where you came from. 
you know, a big challenge for new Christians especially mm -hmm. is mm -hmm. they get started and then some things get really hard. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, you know, we get tested as we become new Christians uh, because, you know, the enemy really doesn't like the path we're going down. How do you, how do you stay focused mm. when things really start to get challenging for you? How do you keep yourself positive? How do you stay focused on Christ? How, how do you move forward when things are really challenging? I'll tell you a testimony of uh, a friend of mine. Yeah. Uh, she's from Uganda. She's with us right now at the ministry. And uh, she felt led to go to a neighboring country and do ministry. And, uh, and they did the, the software training school and then he sent the teams out. And the story goes is that it was just this lady who's a leader and another person were there at the ministry. And then one night some men with guns came. And so the story goes was that they got this lady and they sat her down on a chair and this was against her. One, she's a foreigner, she's from a different country. Two, she's a woman. Mm -hmm. And three, she had authority over men. Okay. Okay. And so what happened was, the story goes, is that um, uh, one of the guys came up, pointed his gun, pointed his gun to her, and she was nervous at the time, but then she remembered what God spoke to her. It's like, God's called me to this country. And she rested upon that and focused upon that, and she had peace. So the guy took his gun, pulled the trigger, click. Second guy came up, pointed a gun at her head, pulled the trigger, click. Third guy came up, pointed his gun at her head, pulled the trigger, click. Eventually, they, they left. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Supernatural, you know. power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You want to give out that contact information for Tyler, Texas? Again? Yes. Somebody, somebody may be listening that's interested in doing some research, perhaps even joining YWAM or being better informed about this outreach, this mm -hmm. incredible mission organization. Yeah, it's uh, Y-W-A-M-T-Y-L-E-R.org, YWAMTyler.org. Okay, can you tell us about some of these people you've encountered, David, the, the ones you're able to, to talk about and uh, maybe kind of give us a pre-introduction pre to them? Okay. I like to um, have Desiree Bird. She is on staff, has been on staff with us for a few years, uh, and um, she works in the arts department. We have a performing arts department, and she has uh, an incredible testimony to, uh, so we could bring her on right here, yeah. right, right now. You introduce her, David. Okay. Again, this is WNZN Radio coming to you from Lorain, Ohio, and a very Hello. special guest. Hello, Desiree. It's Dave. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Hey, I hear, I'm here with uh, John and David here, uh, and you're live. Awesome. How are you, John and David? Real good. Nice to have you, Desiree. Yes. And, uh, Thanks for joining us today. David's been filling us in about uh, YWAM, 
and I mentioned to David, I spent years in Thailand and we used to host the DTS, the uh, Discipleship Training uh, School would send over from New Zealand, Australia, America, the DTS teams. And we did some translation in university work. So we just want to let people know about the tremendous opportunities with Youth with a Mission. And David's told his story. So we want you to kind of introduce yourself, Desiree, and just share your heart a little bit with the, our audience, if you will, please. Definitely. Well, again, my name is Desiree, and I grew up in New Jersey. And I heard about YWAM for the first time when I was 11 years old. A lady from my church really was championing the idea of, you know, young people getting involved in missions, and she just thought the best of YWAM, specifically the YWAM Tyler training base. And so here I was, uh, at this time, a little 13-year-old kid going for a summer two-week mission training school. And I had the time of my life. It was then when I really felt the first time that God spoke to me and said, I want missions to be a part of your life. And ever since then, I spent my summers throughout high school, even some throughout college, doing local missions work and doing missions in Jamaica. I even got a chance to go to Mexico. And you know, I really fell in love with people of different cultures. And I grew up in a small city, but a city nonetheless where it was very diverse. And I always had a heart to get to know my friends from Mexico, my friends from different parts of Asia. And I didn't really know, you know, why I had such a big heart in that way, but God showed it to me pretty quick, you know? And so here I, you know, finished high school. I went to college, you know, and I studied dance because that was always a passion of mine, the arts. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, what can I do? You know, I have this passion for missions. I have this passion for the arts and I love people, you know, different cultures. And I remember, you know, what God spoke to me when I was 13, you know, that you're going to be a minister of my compassion in the nations. And I remembered why when, you know, and I said, you know, why don't I apply and come and do my own discipleship training school? You know, and by that time, life had taken me in many places. I, I was 30 years old when I came to do my DTS. And DTS, you know? explain DTS to the audience, Desiree. Oh, yes. So a discipleship training school, the way that YWAM Tyler does it, is a five-month uh, portion of time that you carve out of your life to come to the training base in Texas, and you learn about God. You really get to strengthen your personal relationship with the Lord and build some foundational principles about God's heart, you know, how he loves us, he's a loving father, how we can hear his voice and know that, you know, he's calling us to be missional. And then we get to take all these different things that we learned during the first three months of that training school. And now we're going into the last two months where we get to apply it in both international and national missions work. We get to serve churches, college campuses, people who are homeless, people who are at risk, um, like with different types of uh, anti-sex trafficking, like ministries and things like that. I got to be a part of lots of things like this, and both in city environments, as well as in the middle of the middle of the mountains, and up in a village, like in Mexico. So they, they train you to know God and really to make him known, and then they give you that opportunity to go and do it. 
So today you're on staff at Tyler? Yes. Like I see. I'm on, yes. So if somebody's listening I'm on staff today, here. Desiree, if some, I'm sorry. If somebody's listening today and maybe like is where you were at when you were 13, 14 years old, what I find interesting is you were able, the call that God put on your life plus your mission uh, vision and then as well as your talent in terms of the performing arts, I find that is a very interesting combination. What advice would you give if somebody's listening to the radio program right now, 14, 15, 16 years old, and uh, what what would you say? You know, if they're like they're listening to the program, they're curious, they're very interested in your testimony. Well, first I would say pay attention to your talent because it's not an accident what you're passionate in. It's not an accident that you've got you know, this talent or that talent, and that's where you kind of find your strength. I believe that that's areas where God wants to use you as a leader and to have influence in society and have positive change happen by by yielding those gifts and talents to the Lord for his glory. So pay attention to those things in your life and also be encouraged because even if you're young, God still wants to use you. I can remember so many times that you know, he used me to speak into people's lives who were older than me, who grew up with different experiences than I did, but he did it. I just trusted him, and he showed me that he wouldn't just leave me out to dry, but he was with me the whole way. And another thing I would say is, you know, don't, don't forget if he speaks to you and he says, I want you to do something like go on a mission trip with your church or I want you to go and spend some time getting trained and then I'm going to send you out to some place. You know, if he's saying that, he's also going to provide every way he's going to open up the doors. So have right. confidence in him, even if you don't have confidence in yourself because he's going to prove himself through you. Very good. You touched on two points I want to pick up on, Desiree. One, you mentioned about church and being part of a church and church outreach. I want you to explain that and uh, the importance of being an active member of a local church, as well as how did you see God meet your needs, practical needs, uh, financial needs over these this many years? How long have you been there, Tyler? I've been here for two years, with, including my school so far. Okay, yeah, if you could touch on those two points, if you would, please. Church and the importance of being active in your home church. And then number two, how God has met your needs uh, and support uh, these past couple of years. That's good. So I was involved pretty much from the start. I didn't grow up in the church, but I started when I was 11. Thank goodness that my grandmother invited me and the Lord really got a hold of my heart pretty, pretty early on. And so I began to be, you know, just an active member of my church. The way my church was, they didn't believe like there was a junior Holy Spirit. You know, it's hmm. God's moving in the students, in the children, just as much as in the adults. And so right. they put us to work immediately. We got to serve and we got to lead. I remember being 14 years old and, and like preaching the gospel when I went to Jamaica, you know, or actually they helped us to put together an evangelism conference for teenagers and we had the idea and they really championed that and they helped push us and you know give us the resources we need because it was on our heart and they wanted us to you know be empowered in that and so 
doing, being involved in a local church, it helped, it helped me to grow and know more about God and have confidence during some really turbulent years of my life. And I, I would encourage anybody to really seek out, you know, the, the covering of a local church because you get to serve, mm. you get to grow, mm-hmm. yeah. and mm-hmm. you get to learn really what you're passionate about and where God kind of wants you to, you know, you to be. Right. And so then, that's really important. And then follow up on that, about support and practical needs, how how has the Lord met you in these past several years as you as you left home and, and come down to your training center and your headquarters in Tyler, Texas? Mm. Yeah, well, let me tell you, when I finally made the decision to apply, I was already working in my career. So I was teaching dance at a dance studio and I was a part of a small dance company there and I loved it. I was serving as a volunteer worker at my church and I, I loved that. And here I was leaving everything I knew in the comfort of being able to provide for myself or so I thought, you know, uh-huh. everything must have happened because I did it. <laughs> but I went into a place where I had to rely on the Lord touching the hearts of other people who, who felt, you know, drawn to the to the same mission and vision God was giving me and they wanted to pour into that financially and it was difficult. It was so hard for me to trust that I didn't have to go and do something to to earn the money but that God was going to open people's hearts and they were going to place their money in his hands through me. Like oh. it was a very hard concept and there were times where I worried because up to maybe the last minute you know, maybe an outreach money I was uh, waiting for, or even just daily daily needs like transportation sure. coming from New Jersey to Texas. You know, and I really had to, I really had to have moments where I got on my knees and I said, "God, I'm putting this in Your hands." And He would always provide. I've, mm. you know, I've been to, I've been to Eastern Asia, and I've been to South America, and I've been to many places in the United States, and He's never. He's never given me a passion, you know, the heart to go somewhere and then left me without the support that I needed. Well, that's tremendous. Yeah. Desiree, uh, in terms of being a missionary, um, you know, where have you seen God's biggest work effort in front of you? Where have you seen uh, the biggest miracles? You know, if you could just mention a couple in the work that you've done or that YWAM has done. I mean, where have you seen the Holy Spirit in his hand? Wow. Personally, I have to say, I've seen God really moving in the area of, like, homeless ministry. Going into the cities and working with people who are really dealing with some, you know, physical challenges, where they're going to live, you know, where they're, what they're going to eat, you know, how are they going to provide for their children. I've got this first-hand glimpse of what it's like to walk beside them through the process of getting, you know, getting themselves together and having hope and not believing that all is lost and seeing people start to turn their life around. And so I've really seen, you know, in like some urban ministry, really, we've kind of, you know, been starting to really step into, you know, step into that more. Because Wyoming Tyler is kind of like a, a ranch, you know, we don't have really a lot of urban missions but lately we've been having such a heart to make that a part of you know who we are even here locally so we're sending people out mm, very good yeah, Desiree in, in closing what would message would you like to leave, leave with our listeners 
uh, anything at all you want to share, contact information, a prayer request, a challenge, uh, just uh, you close it up in any way you want. We really appreciate you touching base with us this morning. Definitely. Um, I would love to leave everyone with a challenge. I believe that whether you feel God is calling you to come and do uh, a training school and to be unleashed into missions everywhere in the world, or if God really wants you to get active locally, I believe he does want us to get active. That great commission is for everyone, and he put us in different spheres of influence in different types of career so we can be a light and we can be missional. He wants us to hear his voice. So I challenge people to say yes. Say, God, I'm going to say yes to you even before I even know what you want me to do. Mm. And then listen to him. Very and good. hear what he wants to do and to move in that. That's what I did. And he's taken me on a journey that I couldn't even imagine for myself. Wow. So open your hands and say, before I even know, Lord, I'm going to say yes. And watch what he'll do. That's great. Great yeah, challenge. Absolutely. That's very great. Yeah. Any, any closing thoughts, David? No, David? you know, yes. just God bless uh, the work you're doing, Desiree and David and, and your team at YWAM. I mean, it's an incredible story. Thank you, Desiree, for yeah. touching base with us. And uh, David, no um, God bless you. What would you like to say, to say, David? We have a couple minutes left. You want to give out the contact information again of Youth with a Mission? Uh, we hope to have you on in the future when you get back into Cleveland and get some more guests on. Yes. Um, anything at all you want to share in your heart? We have a couple minutes left. Well, again, for information, to get more information about YWAM, go to ywamtylertyler.org and get more information about youth on the mission and missions and ministry. We have short-term. We have long-term. We have many different options. Uh, if you want a team from Wyoming Tyler to come, to do ministry in your church, yeah, please do again touch with us, with us, with us there. So, yeah, I, once again, I highly recommend Youth with a Mission, and maybe there's some pastors out there listening uh, this morning. I would encourage you. David's given the contact information a couple times, or you can call the station here at WNZN.org, and uh, just um, fill in some of the questions that you might have. Maybe some of your young people be interested. But even though it's youth with a mission, it's not youth only. I mean, people are coming into this organization that are retirees. Yeah. Am I right, David? Yeah. Yes. So there's all ages, backgrounds, careers. Uh, and today, again, youth with a mission is in 191 countries yeah. with very creative, uh, interesting ministries, just as Desiree has mentioned. She's in the performing arts. But when I was in northern Thailand... They actually had film crews that were doing documentaries up there, creative, terrible wow. documentaries to reach Thai and uh, tribal people groups. Mm -hmm. So, David, we're really happy that you could be with us. Yeah, thanks, uh, David. God bless you on your return back to Tyler, Texas. And next time you come in Cleveland, please give us a call. And uh, David, David Abood, tomorrow uh, we want to let our listeners know we're going to have another special guest on that is actually a ministry involved with the immigration in Northeast Ohio mm, with yes. the crew. Mm -hmm. yep. And so we'll tell, talk about more of that tomorrow. So again, everybody back that's been listening to us, thank you for tuning in today. And any questions, David has given the information. If you forgot it or didn't jot it down, just call the station. And we will touch base with you tomorrow, God willing. God bless you all. Yes. Amen.